Hey guys, Peter here. I hope you're doing awesome. Um, I'm super excited. Um, today we're gonna talk about the first Torah portion in the series, and um, we're gonna look at Leviticus one. We're actually starting in Leviticus, and uh, this Torah portion is called Vayikra in in Hebrew, or it's all, or you can also in English it means and he called, and it's all the, it's this this book is is awesome. Like the the book of Leviticus is it's so underrated in. Uh, the body of Christ, because I know that, you know, a lot of people, probably maybe even a lot of you, when I said Leviticus, you're like, oh no, you know, Leviticus, you know, it's, it's that book that you probably can't understand or that book that's so complicated or that book that maybe a lot of people even consider as ancient or outdated or inapplicable to our lives or, you know, not important. We'd much rather read the New Testament, maybe Matthew or John, something that's a lot more consumable and easy to read. Now, I love Leviticus and I actually love the whole Torah so much, but it wasn't always like that. There was a time where I was also like, you know, I don't understand why it's there. I don't understand what it, what it's applicable to because no one showed me the value of the Torah. And this is what this whole series is about. I want to show you that you will not understand the Messiah, Yeshua, Jesus. You will not understand him unless you understand the Levitical priesthood. You will not understand why he had to die for you unless you even know what the Levitical priesthood is about or what it means. You know, a lot of people ask that question. So why did Jesus have to die? I get that it's for sin, but why, what is the, why did God choose to do it that way? He is God. I mean, he could have done it many ways, but he chose to do it in this specific way. And the book of Leviticus shows us how to approach God. And it shows us um, what you, the, the picture of Yeshua's uh, crucifixion and sacrifice for us. So this book is all about Yeshua. It's awesome. It's all about him. It's not about um, something far away and, and unapplicable to your life. It's something very important to your life because it's all about Yeshua. And you're going to see what I mean as we dig into this. All right. So um, in Leviticus 1 to 5, uh, what do we see is this, the, the whole God is walking us through how to do a sacrifice. You know, how to how do we sacrifice something in our life for the father? How do we give something up for the father? And then in this whole process, there's these two important elements that is being talked about, which you'll see uh, as we go on. And, and that is intentional and unintentional sin. So unintentional sin are these sins which you commit on by accident. It's, it's not something that's premeditated. It's not something that's probably not even habitual. It's something that happens now and then. And it's something that you do by accident. It's unintentional. Right. And then uh, we will also we're also going to read about the in, an intentional sin. And that is sin that is usually premeditated and it's habitual usually and, and so on. And the interesting thing that we will read here is that there's no instruction given on how to deal with un with intentional sin. It all it only says that the consequence of our intentional sin is death. All right. So I want us to to read. Uh, we're going to go to Leviticus one verse one, and we're just going to dive right in. Uh, and Yahweh called to Moses and spoke to him from the tent of appointment, saying, Speak to the children of Israel and say to them, When any of you brings an offering to God, you bring your offering of the livestock of the herd of the flock. If his offering is an ascending offering of the herd, let him bring a male, a perfect one. 
Let him bring it at the door of the tent of appointment for his acceptance before God. And he shall lay his hand on the head of the ascending offering and it shall be accepted on his behalf to make atonement for him. And he shall slay the bull before God and the sons of Aaron, the priest, shall bring the blood and sprinkle the blood all around the slaughter place, which is at the door of the tent of appointment. And he shall skin the ascending offering and cut it into its pieces. And the sons of Aaron, the priest, shall put fire on the slaughter place and lay the wood and order on the fire. And the sons of Aaron, the priest, shall arrange the pieces with the head and the fat on the wood, which is on the fire on the slaughter place. But its entrails and its legacy washes with waters, and the priest shall burn all of it on the slaughter place as an ascending offering, an offering made by fire, a sweet fragrance to Yahweh. And his offering is from the flock, from the sheep or from the goats as an ascending offering. Let him bring a male, a perfect one. And he shall lay it on the north side of the slaughter place before God. And the sons of Aaron, the priest, shall sprinkle its blood on the slaughter place all around. And he shall cut it into its pieces with its head and its fat. And the priest shall arrange them on the wood, which on the fire on the slaughter place. And, but the entrails and the legs he washes with water. And the priest shall bring it all and burn it on the slaughter place. It is an ascending offering, an offering made by fire, a sweet fragrance to God. And if the ascending offering of his offering to God is birds, then he shall bring his offering of turtle doves or young pigeons. And the priest shall bring it to the slaughter place and shall wring off its head and bring it to the slaughter place. And its blood shall be drained at the side of the slaughter place. And he shall remove its crop with its feathers and throw it beside the slaughter place on the east side into the place for ashes. And he shall split it at its wings, but not sever it. And the priest shall burn it on the slaughter place, on the wood that's on the fire. It's an ascending offering, an offering made by fire, a sweet fragrance to the Lord. All right, awesome. So when we read this, it sounds really strange. It sounds very archaic. It sounds, you know, whoa, you know, it's so weird. But there's a few things that I want to go through, and I'm going to just explain to you what's going on here. All right, so let's walk through this process. You know, what what did it really look like to to bring an a, a sin offering to the Father? You see, first off, so a bull or a herd from the flock was taken without defect. So, in other words, this offering had to be perfect. In other words, there was it was nothing wrong with it. There was nothing not like a, a broken leg or 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 something wrong with this offering. And in the same way, you know, when we when I give a gift to someone, you know, I'm not going to give them something that's just been laying there in my house. It's kind of broken. And, oh, you know, you, I just, hey, Pete, I, I just scraped this together. Here it is. You know, uh, it's my gift to you. You know, whatever. No, we, we're going to give them something that we're going to come with with something that that is valuable. You know, something that is whole and, and something that is a sacrifice on our part. You know, oftentimes in, in our culture, we would buy something and that is a sacrifice on our part and we give it to someone. And that is what a true gift is. And secondly, what would happen is um, a, the, the, the man that committed the sins, usually him, if he was able, would place his hands on the sacrifice or on the animal and he would confess his sins on this animal. All right, so now I want you to just think of this for a moment, you know. So here is this this animal that I had, like this animal I saw it grow up, 
you know, it, and I, you know, I've, I fed this animal, I took care of it, you know, and this animal is alive, you know, it's a, it's a real living creature of the Father. And now I have fallen short of the glory of God by accident. You know, I've, I've made a mistake in my human nature. I've fallen short. And now what I do is I have to come and I have to bring this animal to the father. And now I come and I take my hands and I place it on the head of this animal. And I confess my sins. I say all of my sins, all of the adultery that I committed or, you know, the, my, my, my gossip, my lies, whatever I confess it and I place it on this animal, which I made, which I fed and who I, which I love this animal, but now I'm, I'm confessing my sins on this animal and see, it's this whole realization that this animal is going to need to die instead of me. You see, this animal is, is going to take it's going to death is going to come upon this animal, even though I'm the one who deserves it. I'm the one who should die because see, the word says that sin leaked to death. In other words, if you have sinned, the consequence thereof is death, whether physical or spiritually, death is the consequence. You know, that's why, you know, the place where we call hell or eternal separation from the father exists is because when we die in our sins, the consequence thereof is death. There has to be a justification. There has to be a, you know, someone has to pay for your sins. Someone has to pay for my sins. And see, in this case, what the father did is he showed them, all right, so I want you to come. And I want you to place all of those sins on this animal. So this animal can die instead of you. And what I wanted to just add by this is, which we don't always read in the text, but what actually happened, and we know this is that a lot of the people who went and and uh, professed their sins on these animals, they couldn't do it. You know, they were they they actually when they when it came to that place where they had to like face this animal, you know, man, they got on they they fell on their knees in repentance. They fell on their faces and and cried their eyes out because. They realize that their sins are heavy and there is a consequence and there is someone or something that needs to die or bear that consequence. And they realized the weight of their sins and they came before the father and they, they cried and they, they, they just couldn't even do it, bring it upon themselves. And in that case, the priest would come and the, the priest would step in and assist them in that and, and, and do the, the part of, of confessing the sins and so on. So then in number three, what happens? Step three is the blood then is sprinkled. Okay. And then number four is the meat of the, 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 the meat that is, that is left after the fat and, and the blood has been drained and so on. The meat that is left is taken home by the person. And this person goes and he has a feast at, at his home and he he invites his friends and he they actually just have a big barbecue. You know, that's how we can really think of this is it's not as archaic as it seems. This is really simple. You know, it's basically like taking an animal to a butcher, you know, having a butchered and then taking the meat home and and having a feast, you see. But the thing is, is in this feast, it's all pointing to the father and everything. When, the, when you have this feast with your friends, when they had it with their friends, it was all 
this whole communion and God is in the earth. The atmosphere is all about the Father and the people are coming together to celebrate the freedom from sin and the repentance of the brother, you know, and the, the turning of the brother from his ways. So this is this is just a quick summary of kind of what happened. But now I want to show you that Yeshua, Jesus, this all we, we know that all of this, all of this is pointing to Yeshua. All of this, and we're going to read about it a bit later, is a shadow or a picture or a, a silhouette, if you will, of what Yeshua did and came to him. All of came to do. All of this points to him and teaches about his sacrifice. Now, let me let me show you what I mean. So first of all, fly, number one, I said that we said that a bull of um, of, of the herd or flock uh, is brought. And this one is without defect. And see, in the same way, Yeshua is the spotless lamb without defect. He had to be perfect. You know, he had no sin. He was perfect in his sacrifice because if he was not perfect he would have never been able to 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 take our sin upon him because see all of these animals was just a physical thing and it was never able guys don't don't get me wrong like these animals and in hebrews we're going to read it these animals were never able to take away the sins of people they were never able and it was never what they were meant to do either like god gave us this picture not be to because the, to take give our to put our sins on animals because even these people who did it they never the, the blood of bull of goats have never been able to take away the sins of people it's never been able to do that it's always just been a picture of yeshua and that is why we need to study it so as i said this bull had to be perfect then what, what happens is the people had to come and put their hands on the sacrifice, on this bull. You know, and this was the hard part. And the same way, we need to understand that we are placing our hands on Yeshua. And we are saying, I confess my sins and I place my sins upon him. All my sins, my, all my unintentional sin, everything that I did, I place upon him. So that he can take it. You see, man, and now this changes everything because now this is going to make me think twice about sinning because, man, I'm the one who put him on that cross in the first place. If, you know, it's I'm I'm I, it's because of my sin, because of my disobedience to the law of God, because of that, he had to go on that that sacrifice for me. He had to take that upon him. And see, so we come and we confess our sins upon him. We place our sins upon him. Just as like they did with the animal. And so what, 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 is the, what really is happening is that he is the one who is dying instead of us. Even though we, had, we deserve death, he is the one who gave his life for us. So then number three, we, we talked about the sprinkling of the blood. And see, that's, that's, that's all about it. Because Yeshua sprinkled his blood. You know, his blood was shed for us. Just like the shedding of the animal. And see in number four, uh, we have this whole, that we have the last step where the meat of the animal that's left over is taken home um, and, and this feast is given. And see Yeshua, uh, at the last supper, we get a glimpse of this because Yeshua, he tells them, he breaks the bread and he tells them, this is my body. You see, this is my body. Eat of it, you know. This is this is my this is my blood, you know, he and he and he pours the wine. You see, and 
and see that this is a whole picture as well of, of the of the of the, the sacrifice that in the Levitical priesthood where the people took it home and they eat of it. And in the same way when we um, when we have communion, you know, it's a picture of eating of his body, right? You can say, PD, so what is the point of these sacrifices? You know, you said, PD, you said before that these sacrifices have never been able to take away their sins back then. So why did he even, God even give it to us? You know, so like I said, he gave it to us as a picture. And so I want to read to you Hebrews 10 um, to, to, to just explain this to you for the Torah, having shadow of the good manners to come and not the image itself of the matters was never able to make perfect. Those who draw near to the same slaughter offerings, which they offer continually year by year. So here he's saying that these slaughter offerings were never able to make anyone perfect because if it did, if it, if it actually did something, then we wouldn't need the, the offerings wouldn't have been needed to be made every year because see if it worked the first time you know why go the second you know but see that's the thing is they never meant to and they never took away um their sins verse 2 otherwise would they have not ceased to be offered because those who served once cleansed would have had no more consciousness of sins but in those offering is a reminder of sins year by year for it is impossible for blood of bulls and goats to take away sins Therefore, coming into the world, he says, slaughter a meal offering you did not desire, but a body you have prepared for me. In burnt offerings and offerings for sin, you did not delight. Then I said, see, I come in the role of the book. It has been written concerning me to do your desire, God, saying above slaughter and meal offering and burnt offerings and offerings for sin. You did not desire, nor delight in which are offered according to the Torah. Then he said, see, I come to do your desire, O God. He takes away the first to establish the second. By that desire, we have been set apart through the offering of the body of Yeshua Messiah once and for all. And indeed, every priest stands day by day doing service and repeatedly offering the same slaughter of offerings, which are never which are never able to take away sins. But he, having offered one slaughtering for all sins for all time, sat down at the right hand of God, waiting from that time onward until his enemies are made a footstool for his feet. For by one offering he has perfected for all time those who are being set apart. And the set apart spirit also witnessed to us. For after having said before, this is the covenant that I will make with them after those days, says Yahweh, giving my laws into their hearts and in their minds, I shall write them. And their sins and their lawlessness I shall remember no more. Now where there is forgiveness of these, there is no longer a slaughtering offering for sin. Now, a lot of people, they would use this verse and they would use Hebrews 10 verse 5, where he says, therefore coming into the world, he says, slaughter a meal offering you did not desire, but a body you've prepared for me. You see, a lot of people would use that verse and say that, you see, all of these stuff in Leviticus, you know, God never even wanted them to do that, you know. And see, we always, we also read this a lot in the word where God says that he desires obedience above sacrifice. And see that, let me tell you why that is, because if we had obedience in the first place, sacrifice would have never been necessary. But see, because we are disobedient to the law of God, because we break his law continually, 
sacrifices have been necessary. And see, you know, he says that slaughter a meal offering you did not desire. And it's true. God did not desire the blood of bull and goats. He did not desire it. But in the same way, do you think that God desired for Yeshua, his son in the flesh to come and die for us? Do you think God desired that to happen? I mean, was it pleasant for him to see his son hanging on a cross? Of course not, man. You see, but God gave, made a sacrifice towards us. He gave his son towards us. And see, for his son to be our sacrifice, for us to place our sin upon him. And see, guys, I want you to understand that that Yeshua, like when God gave us the, 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 the laws in Leviticus, I mean, he knew what he was doing. And remember that in 1 Peter 20, we read that he was foreknown before the foundation of the world, but was manifested in the last times for the sake of you. So God, Yeshua, Jesus was foreknown before the foundation of this world. So before God even created this place. He knew what was going to happen. He knew about everything and he knew that Yeshua was going to be sent. And so he gave us the Levitical priesthood to show us and give us a picture. Then I want to go read on in Hebrews 10 verse 19. So brothers having boldness to enter the set apart place by the blood of Yeshua, by a new and living way, which instituted for us through his veil, that is his flesh and having a high priest over the house of God. Let us draw near with a true heart of completeness and belief, having our hearts sprinkled, just like we read in Leviticus, from a wicked conscience and our bodies washed with clean water. You see, again, here we see that he sprinkles us with a clean conscience. His blood sprinkles us with a clean conscience towards the Father. Just as the blood of bull and goats was sprinkled, that was a picture of what Yeshua came to do. So then in Leviticus 4 verse 2, we read this. We, I mentioned intentional unintentional sin quickly before. And here we read about it. He says, speak to the children of Israel saying, when a being sins by mistake against any of the commands of God, which are not to be done and shall do any of them, then he goes on and says what needs to be done. So he's saying that you can offer, you can do this offering. This is how you do it. If you have sins by mistake. But if you have sins that are habitual and intentional, there is no offering. There is no instruction that, that even says what to do. You can't make an offering for those sins. And you will say, oh, Peter, but that's just old covenant. Are you sure? He says in Hebrews verse 26, for if we sin purposely, in other words, with intent, after we've received the knowledge of the truth, there no longer remains a slaughter offering, which is Yeshua for our sins. He's saying he's connecting it yet again to the Leviticus. He's saying that, you know, for your unintentional sin, there, Yeshua is there. For his grace is there to cover you, man. When you mis make a mistake, his grace is enough for you. And in the same way, I mean, we do that with our children. If your child sins against you, if your child is disobedient to you by mistake, it's, it's just like that and you forgive him and it's over. It's like, oh, son, I forgive you. You didn't know. God has the same heart. How much more is his mercy and grace? 
But see, there is a difference between intentional and unintentional sin. And here we read about it further. In verse 27, he says, but some if, um, he says, there's no longer made a slaughter offerings for sin, but some fearsome anticipation of judgment and a fierce fire which is about to consume the opponents. Verse 28, anyone who has disregarded the Torah of Moses dies, dies without compassion on the witness of two or three witnesses. Stop. What did he just say? He said that anyone who disregarded the Torah, the word, the law of Moses dies without compassion. Guys, this is New Testament dies without compassion on the evidence of two or three witnesses. Now, listen to me very carefully. If you have been teaching that the law of Moses have been done away with in contradiction to the words of Jesus, who says that those who say the law is abolished will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. If you have been, if you have been calling the law of Moses abolished, if you have been saying that it's not important, if you have disregarded it, you just need two witnesses for you to start guilty in front of the father. He says, Anyone who disregards the Torah of Moses dies without compassion on the evidence of two or three witnesses. You know, and guys, this is the most scary, one of the most scary verses in the Bible for me. Because it means that God only needs to call up two people on the day of judgment to testify against you that you spoke against his law for you to be condemned. This is what it says. Am I reading this incorrectly? This is what it says. He's saying that anyone who disregarded the Torah of Moses dies without compassion on the evidence of two or three witnesses. But see, now he takes this further in the next verse and he says, how much worse punishment do you think shall he deserve who has trampled the Son of God, Jesus, underfoot. Counted the blood of the covenant by which he has set apart as unclean and insulted the spirit of favor. You see, when you place your sins upon Yeshua, when, just like when they did with the animals, when you put your, your hand on the head of Yeshua and you confess your sins on him, and you go turn around, you go home, and you go and you continue in that habitual sin. You do not turn, but you continue in it. Here the word says, how much, wor much worse punishment do you think will you get than one who has disregarded the Torah of Moses, who will die without compassion? Guys, this is, this is an, we can spend the whole day just talking about this, because this, these two verses... Man, it frightens me so much because I know so many people, even people who watch my videos and who go on my Facebook, who who has trampled underfoot the son of God. And not only that, but disregarded the Torah of Moses with that. Now, I want to ask you guys the question. How are you coming before the father? How are you? Are you taking Yeshua's offering, man? What he did for us. Oh, I'm going to get emotional again. <laughs> Guys, 
that that um that what he did for us are you taking it as seriously as that as this 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 um the way that that God instructed us in Leviticus how to approach the the, the sacrifice are you taking it that seriously because the word actually says that we need to take it more seriously we need to approach his sacrifice with more fear and trembling than the people did way back with the animal sacrifice and see you know back then people they fell on their faces when they had to kill the animal and today we have people there they're like oh thank you yeshua now i can go and sin thank you for your offering now i can go and continue in my sin we have people like that and you know when i say that i just want to it's like i can't breathe because i'm i'm in such fear for those people man we need to take Yeshua's offering so seriously, man. It's not something to be joked about. And seeing, we need to understand that that, that, that conscience, that, that guilty conscience that God get, takes away of us, from us, you know, that He gives us a clean conscience. You know, we need to understand that it's the sprinkling. You know, we, we read in, in Hebrews, the sprinkling, He sprinkles our conscience clean. But we need, if we didn't know Leviticus, we wouldn't understand what that means. Because in Leviticus, He says, it's the blood that sprinkles the conscience clean. You see, it's the dripping of Yeshua's blood that, that gives you the ability to have a clean conscience towards the Father. To give you the ability to, to come before the Father in, in freedom, man. In absolute freedom, having no barrier, just being like, Father, I can come into your presence no matter what, Lord, because you have opened the veil for me. You have opened the door for me by your flesh. All right. All right, guys. So I hope this blesses you, man. I hope this 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 draws you closer to him. And so next week, uh, we're going to be looking at Leviticus 6, verse 1 to 8, verse 36. And uh, we're going to be discussing that and it's going to be incredible. It's awesome. So I want, to, I want you to go and diarize that and just make a note and, and go through this week and study from Leviticus. And then we're going to be here in the next Saturday and we're going to discuss that as well. Uh, so, you know, I, I hope this blessed you. I hope this, this give, gave you a, a deeper glimpse of Yeshua and, and what his sacrifice is all about. May God bless you and keep you and have an amazing day. And I'll see you next time.